Welcome to the podcast. This is Light Not Might, the podcast that I am. My name, Danielle Day. <laughs> I'm already messing it up. <laughs> this is the podcast that we have adjacent to the Open Up Yoga Teacher Training Program. Today, I have a very special guest with me. Adam Real is here. Hello, hello. And Adam is uh, very special to our tradition. He was my business partner for a long time, uh, formally, but as ever, informally remains uh, my favorite brother in oh, yoga. And so welcome to the podcast. We're excited to just hang out today, have a little chat. And I think this will be really fun for you guys to get to know one of your very favorite teachers a little bit better and, you know, just learn a little bit more about someone who has really made a difference in this community. So welcome, Adam. Oh, thank you so much. Happy to be here. Right on. Oh, and happy birthday recently, huh? Ah, thank you. Yeah. The big three nine, almost 40. Nuh-uh. Mm-hmm. That is cool. Yep. I'm getting there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What'd you do? Did you uh, celebrate? I didn't do anything I actually. Know, you don't it was fantastic. Really do birthday. No, no. I uh I kind of retreated, watched a movie, read a book, you know, just did my own thing. It's great. Nice. What are you reading these days? Uh, I'm reading this interesting book called Fingerprints of the Gods. And uh, basically, it's a uh, it's kind of like a conspiracy theory ish type book. But instead of blaming everything on aliens, it's talking about like this previous civilization that's just been lost. And that's how like the Olmecs and the Incas and Mayans and all this got their uh, understanding of astrology and things like that from this ancient uh, culture of people that's no longer around. And the uh, existence of them has been wiped out. So uh, so it's a really interesting look. And, you know, it's like, you know, take it take it for what you want, you know, but it's just interesting subject matter. Oh, I love it. That's so you. You know, there's just no light reading. There's no small talk. Like, that's what I dig about you. Just get into it. Getting some stuff done, man. Well, right on. Well, gosh, one thing that I'm just excited for people to understand a little bit more about, too, is, you know, just you making your career on the path. Mm -hmm. You've been at this for how long now, would you say? Uh, Been in the yoga industry for probably four years now. I've been teaching for... About the four years, uh, practicing for seven years now. But um, yeah, ever since I started teaching and then being involved with Open Up for a while and uh, and that path uh, has been just really opened my eyes to where I really want to put my time and effort and what I what I find more valuable these days. And that's community, building community, building knowledge, sharing knowledge. And, uh, and I think doing that through um, a practice like yoga and that community that, that, uh, absorbs the yogis, uh, is a really cool platform to be able to do that with. Yeah. And you, you have such a transferable slate of awesome skills that you have just accumulated all throughout your life. And I don't know if everybody really knows the story, but what would you say is the answer to the question? How'd you get like this, Adam? <laughs> Uh, let's see, a hodgepodge of mistakes and uh, successes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know, you know, uh, just going through life and just seeing where it takes us, you know, uh, know, I guess, uh, more recently I've tried to approach life. Like I approach conversations, um, not trying to have an understanding or a focus for the conversation, just being open to where the conversation leads. And I think that openness allows you to be more pivotable. Right. And you don't have to say, no, this is my belief and this is my this is I'm attaching myself to this. Uh, When you go into it with a little more openness, uh, whether it's a heart or a mind, whatever that is, you can pivot a little bit better and then be able to empathize because you understand the person instead of defend your beliefs. Um, And I think looking at um, my job path and my yoga path like that has been very, very different for me. 
um, to release that expectation that we might have, because if I expect something and it doesn't happen, I'm upset, even if that expectation is a bad expectation. Um, so finding your way to just be okay with the moment that you're in, I think the availability to transfer knowledge and to share knowledge is a little bit more achievable. That's awesome. And in your work right now, mm -hmm. managing B1 and teaching how many classes a week? Uh, probably nine classes a week right nice. now. Yeah. You probably have a lot of occasions where you observe where students are at with exactly that issue. Do you find yourself learning a little bit more about people and then being available for them to d explore different aspects of life in this fashion? Like it doesn't happen all at once. It's not something you just open with. Right, but right. I do, you know, and, um, there's, uh, a buddy of mine, Jeff, um, taught me a long time ago to not try to give people the answer, um, but try to lead them to their own answer. And I think the ability to do that with this with this type of uh, community and this new uh, new job in my life um, is really there. And so, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, Socrates, right? So Socrates would um, would challenge people with questions and, and he claimed to not know anything. He claimed to be the most ignorant person ever. But through that ignorance, it allowed him to ask questions to really make you understand what you're saying. And I think that Jeff, in his own way, taught me that at a young age and has helped me to understand that. So when having conversations with people and, and never trying to say my answer is the best answer, here's what you should do with your life. Um because it's more impactful when you can come to your own conclusion. So I think, you know, being able to be a part of this community and just ask leading questions and just like kind of unravel that sweater, you know, just pull the thread and see where it goes right. um, leads to a lot of aha moments that is all you. I have nothing to do with it. There I'm just asking go. some questions, There you go. you know, and I think that is one of the coolest things about this part of my life. Yeah, and that's something that I've always admired about you, because people, they want to project onto you all of the success they're enjoying as being attributed to your efforts. Right. But that's something that you've always been just so very, just at peace and humble with, going right back to the person being like, no, you did the work. Yep. What do you think is the thing that surprises students most when they learn about just how fulfilling this path is? I mean... You know, you get to interact with a lot of people from all walks of life, especially I always attribute to this specific zip code where we work. Mm, right. What do you think people are surprised most by? Um, yeah, I, th I think people just I think, you know, we, we sometimes in general just uh, get lost in the understanding that everybody is on some kind of path and that we aren't just the people that we've always been. Um, and so the person that I am now um, take it or leave it, however you feel about me, has been a, a long <laughs> process to get to this point of, you know, of uh, obesity and inflexibility and, you know, uh, lack of self-confidence and, you know, sadness, happiness, elation, joy, whatever it is. But all of that has made me the person that I am today and understanding how all of those emotions and experiences manifest into the personality that you now have and how those interlink into the knowledge that you're expressing, um, I think is a really unique kind of thing for all of us. Um, so for me, uh, you know, I've had a very checkered past, uh, but, um, I think the, one of the things that people are most surprised about is I was obese, you know, I was about 260 pounds, 270 pounds for a while. And then uh, lost a little bit of weight, came back uh, on, I got about to 240, and that's when I started doing yoga. And um, so, you know, I think that's one of the more 
surprising things that people don't really know about me. But and that weight weight uh, loss is a struggle. It's constant struggle. You know, sometimes it yo-yos. I think I've been able to now finally find my little magic, you know, box of what I need to live within portioning and eating right and vitamins and yoga and all that stuff. So, nice. but um, yeah, it takes some time. Well, what I really appreciate about you is that you take your narrative, you know, you take your past, you take what went down, and you really love on it today. You know, one thing that I've always been inspired about you is that everything that you've been through is something that you honor and that, you know, good or bad, up or down, you you take it and you love on it because it's brought you to where you are now. And in this culture where a lot of people, you know, look at the practice as a means to an end, mm. It not it just the sweetest thing to watch people learn that they can be grateful for what they've got now and not be upset or shamed by right. their past? Definitely. And I feel like you're a good model for that. You oh, know, it, it all counts, doesn't it? It does. You know, it's it's you've got to go through what you've gone through to get to be where you're at now. And hopefully you've learned a lesson from that thing that you've gone through that you can apply to now. Uh, I think my dad or somebody used to tell me that, um, you know, life is basically a, a, a series of lessons learned and knowledge applied, right? So you learn the lesson from whatever thing that it was, and you can hopefully apply that to something in the future if you're conscious and present and aware of what you're doing. Um, so, yeah, just trying to transfer that knowledge from one to the other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the care that we extend to our students, I, I love that that's the gift that we're giving them. You know, the self-care that they should and can give to themselves is something that people don't usually jump towards. You know, it's always about, I have to get my act together, or I have to change this about myself. And there's always an agenda to it. I think it's the sweetest space when we get to serve people as they are today, while they are on their path. Is there a theme to anything that students share with you on a regular basis that you can see that they're struggling with, that is causing them dissatisfaction or suffering, that you are always, you know, hoping for them discovering? Because you're not about to dispense advice, but like, if you had a way to convey what's in your heart for people... Mm -hmm in a common thread because you see this constant parade of kind of the same stories all throughout the work that we do from behind that little desk right you see the whole the whole pageant yeah what would you say you know to the people that you kind of like i see you and here's where i'm at with this i think it's really just you know we we can be okay with doing things that make us happy you don't have to feel guilty about that stuff right and um, so following the things that, that serve you, right? So making the time for your version of yoga, whether it's yoga or not with Pilates bar, playing an instrument, you know, making that time for you, um, and not feeling guilty about it, not wishing that you were somewhere else when you're doing the thing that's supposed to be making you happy. Um, but I think, you know, we've, and and this is me talking from personal experience is that, you know, I, I was so career focused for a long time that I didn't realize that I wasn't serving myself in a, in a, in a, a balanced way. And so just finding your balance in life, you know, and, and again, it's, it's whatever that is for you, whether it's knowledge or music or yoga or whatever, right. Just understanding that you need that balance and your balance isn't just working all the time, just serving your family. You've got to do something for you too. Yeah. And a lot of us are by doing yoga or doing whatever that is. Um, but, you know, there's there's also that that double edged sword of and I'm sure we, we see this quite a bit and I'm not you know, calling anybody out. But, you know, 
if you're, let's say, in a yoga class and you're committed to that yoga class, but you're skating out before the teacher says namaste because you got to get to work, pick up the kids, blah, 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 whatever it is, you're basically sacrificing that whole experience by just, you know, trying to rush out and get to the next thing instead of embracing that moment that you're in. Yeah. How can we serve there? Because that is a big, important thing you just touched on. Yeah. How can we, if you could say one thing to the whole community without calling anybody out, but just like saying, look, the faster we go in life, isn't it true that it's a little further we get behind? Yeah, I agree. You know, it's, it's when we speed through things, we're not mindful, we're not present, you know, whatever adjective you want to use to describe it, right? We're not here in this moment. And when we're here and we're engaged in the moment, whether it's looking somebody in the eye or embracing your final shavasana or whatever it is, repeating your mantra, whatever, right? It's you are here in this moment. You can't be anywhere else because you are so present, right? And once you're present, um, if you're if you're present, you're not worried about the bills you got to pay or the student loans or kids getting to school on time, whatever it is, because you're here in this exact moment and nothing is wrong in this moment. It's uh, all you. It's just you and your mat, whatever it is. On right? the breath that you're on. Totally. So, you know, just trying to understand that concept and give yourself that space, give yourself that time for that. Oh my gosh. That is the gig right there. One thing I really celebrate about your personal work ethic as a teacher is that you always start on time and you always end on time. So people can really trust, you know, you have a really impeccable sense of timing. It's so important. So well, that you they taught know me that timing. <laughs> it's so beautiful to take your class because I can count on you holding that space and not just squishing it to the end too and check on the box. Right. No, you actually budget time so that we can make Shavasana be what it is. And yeah, that's the gig, isn't it? It's the sweetest thing to help students slow down listen to their breath and have just those moments where Mm -hmm. they realize everything is fine. You're perfect the way you are. You are loved. You're strong. Mm -hmm. It's enough. And it's enough that you came here. And so, yeah, we have compassion for people who are off to the races the second that they lift their mat. But, you know, just if, if we can make an impact, um, in this moment to speak to this is just to help people understand, guys, we see you. We know that life is busy. Traffic sucks, right. <laughs> you know, but, but but hopefully your practice isn't just about what happens between 12 and 1, but what happens between 1 and 12, because the very next person you interact with, that's the test of how good your yoga went. Right, yeah. <laughs> your yoga isn't so much for your personal practice as it is for that next human being, whether it's in the car in front of you right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or what have you. And if we can give people that sense of, I'm okay, I'm enough, I showed up, mm-hmm. how can I help make it a little better for that next person? Right. Then we've really done our job, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny, I uh, was uh, farewelling a, a class the other day, and uh, one of our regulars uh, was telling her by, I was like, hey, you know, good to see you, how was class? And she's like, well, I've suppressed the urge to kill for one more day. Okay, high five. My work here is done. (laughs) Oh, that is so sweet. And isn't that just the truth? Oh, yeah, totally. Good Lord. I know so many times I've stepped into a class being like, F the world. This is just a terrible day. And just left it all on the mat and left it in a great mood and just a little bit more uh, willing to to face life. You know, your work previously in customer service 
in a very specific realm of the entertainment hospitality realm where people come in and, yeah, they're trying to relieve their suffering and they tend to sometimes put that onto somebody who's in a place of service of Mm -hmm. them. Were you not building this joyful (laughs) yoga teacher in that moment? Do you ever hearken back to these situations where maybe somebody was... Uh, in, at risk of being overserved, or maybe <laughs> most definitely, most definitely, and it's it's really interesting that uh, uh, you know twenty years in the restaurant industry, uh, whether management or or serving, uh, you know it everything everything gets you ready for what you're currently doing if you can look at it in some kind of specific way. And uh, but I remember uh, yoga making a, a, a really interesting impact in my life that I didn't expect. And it was through what you're talking about, where like, I remember I was one time I was getting yelled at by a guest for whatever reason, like cold food or whatever it was. Right. But getting yelled at by a guest and typically, you know, however calm you can be and mindful I can be in present, you know, I would still get that anxiety feeling, the flutter in the heart. And you're like, Oh my God, I'm being yelled at. How am I going to respond to this? And you're going through all your head. But, uh, once I started doing yoga, and you learn that ujjayi breath. You learn that breath, that calmness, the powerful breath, but it's also a calming breath, right? And so I was getting yelled at by some guests for whatever reason. And uh, I found myself, I wasn't even conscious of doing it. I found myself going through my ujjayi breath. Nice. And, uh, and it wasn't as intense as in a class. So the guy's like not looking at me like, why is he breathing hard all of a sudden, right? It was just me and my my own mind present in my breath and, stake, and taking it taking it in, the, the information the person was giving me, but trying to stay calm. That's and awesome. through that breath, I was able to be calm and respond in kind. And where I already thought I was pretty good at dis, you know, dissolving conversations and diffusing these things, it got even better because now my voice was more stable. I wasn't as like, you know, fluctuating in the breath. You know, I felt more calm as a person. And so that transferred into my personal life in a very strange way. And I think that was one of the first things where I was like, oh, maybe there is just some of this yoga thing yeah. outside of just like, you know, weight loss and, and you know, the reasons I got into it, you know, bad circulation and all that crap. So I love it because that's the option to either react or respond. And this is a fun side effect that we are so excited to tell students about that you guys, it is a thing. You're going through this rigmarole on your mat. We're telling you to do the things. You know, you don't got to really buy into it for it to work. Right. And for you to have that moment where just naturally you became fully present and in your own body and being the witness and the mm. observer mm. and the seer, not just the guy in the fracas messing with this, like, <laughs> what are the words I say now? You were like a human being and yeah. you responded to that person in a whole different place. And did you see them kind of, even if it's just like a couple degrees of diffusion? Most definitely. Most definitely. And you can, in waiting for them to fully explain themselves and then not preparing a response and waiting for that to, to, to resonate in you in a way for you to, to then respond. You know, it's, it's so much more organic. And, and when you allow, when you can allow that to happen, it becomes more of a conversation and it's less aggressive, right? I'm not defending myself against you. And so that diffuses you and puts you a little bit more on ease because we're just having a conversation now. I'm not defending my, my part. Even if you're defending yours, I can have an understanding, an empathetic understanding of like you're upset for your own reason. And I will try my hardest to understand that, but I'm not going to throw anything else back at you to make this worse. Or take it on like it's your shit. Exactly. Like that's one thing I'm just so inspired by that we witness in our students. I know I've witnessed in myself Mm -hmm. and what I'm just so excited for people to really 
understand that, again, you don't got to buy into it. You don't got to believe it. You don't got to understand what it's about. But trust us, the very habits that you create go deep inside your cellular level and it becomes automatic. And you end up drawing from this not on purpose, Mm -hmm. just naturally. And, you know, that's the default setting for a lot of us is waiting for our turn to talk instead of just really being. And, And I know that's something that I'm consistently working on as a person. Mm. So forgive me if I don't like jump on this thread. I'm curious about something. There's this thread I've been working with about what our place is as yoga teachers and leaders like yourself, being a manager, being responsible for staff, as well as a business. This fine line between treating our students as clients and treating our students as students. Mm. Like, that can be kind of sticky. So in that whole background that you have of guest service, Mm -hmm. do you find yourself taking steps forward in your journey as a teacher with a capital T? Yes, most definitely. And uh, there's there's a lot of transferableness between you know what i've learned in the restaurant industry and how it can be applied to yoga and teaching and you know to the the uh, comment you made about guests and students you know and clients right you know how do we differentiate um i had a uh mentor still a good friend of mine that um instilled in me that uh you know you're and as cheesy as it sounds and it's really hard pill to swallow especially when you're like an 18 year old kid and you're like f this concept right but um uh, your guests are people that come in, right? You are, they are your guests. You are inviting them. Like basically this is your house. Let's say this restaurant that I own, this is my house and I'm inviting you to my party, right? So they are our guests. We want to make sure our guests are taken care of. They know where the bathroom's at. They know that they have good music. The food's great. The service is going to be good. Everything's fantastic, right? They are our guests. Um, and treating them like guests takes the dollar sign away from them, right? It's like, they're, 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 they're going to spend money. You're going to be a business, whatever. But if you look at them like dollar signs and all they are is they're, they're disposable. But if they're your guests, then you're creating that relationship. You're creating that culture to get them to come back because they're now your friends. And so taking that idea and putting it into a place of like a yoga studio where it's very community based and you take that understanding of we're building a community. We're not trying in a, in a roundabout way. We're all trying to pay our bills and have some kind of successful business if you are having a business. Right. So there is that underlying uh, that theme. But if that's all you're focused on then there's uh, the happiness isn't really there, in my opinion, right? So if you can get the community and uh, and all that dialed in, everything else kind of makes sense, right? You get the community, the community likes you, they keep coming back, they build from there, they tell their friends, and then you have this successful business that seems like you didn't really try to do because it's all organic. Yeah, it's just an extension of the love you're putting out in the world. Totally. You got that dialed in. I love walking into, I mean, I've always loved walking into B one I mean, it's beautiful. It smells good. You know, you're walking into a quality place, but the sound of your laughter and just the way you're checking in people as people, right. you know, you're not a take the phone number guy. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, if, if I don't know your name as you're coming through the door, then, then I'm not doing my job right. Or I haven't paid attention. So I'm trying my hardest to, to get better about knowing names, but you know, I think that's, you know, know the names, uh, know their, their practice, right? You know, most of the students that come in, I know what they're taking, not just me, the staff in general, what they're taking, if they have injuries, you know, there's uh, folks that have just become pregnant that now like, hey, 
here's the guide for modifications, right? You don't even have to ask for it. We're just going to give it to you because I know where you're at, you know? And uh, that, I think that strengthens that community because you know that person. They're like your homie. They're your friend. Even if you don't see them outside of that yoga studio, as soon as they walk in those four doors, they're they're the most important person. You're looking out for them. You see them. And that's, that's one thing I really celebrate. And as a teacher trainer, I really am rallying for is that we teach to the people who are in the room, not the class we invented at home, you know. Yeah. What can we talk about in terms of helping early career teachers, Mm. you know, walk that line between having something prepared and responding to things organically in real time? What what have you learned about that? With this amount of time, you figured some stuff out. Well, I I drew off of the knowledge you gave me, right? And that's being present at check-in with your students, right? Checking them in. How are you? What's going on with you today? How are your hips feeling? What's going on with your shoulders, right? And you get that personal, well, first of all, that just creates a good bond between you and a student. Uh, I care about you as a person. What are you working on? Let's figure some stuff out together. Um, But by doing that, it's kind of like your subconscious is always trying to solve problems, right? It's always mulling through stuff, right? And so whether you're consciously thinking about this or not, your subconscious could be like mulling over different flows to put together. And then all of a sudden, like you're just, you're creating on the fly, right? Uh, nothing wrong with writing down a flow and no, memorizing obviously that, right? you need to know your line. Right. I, so I, I like to, uh, to make the comparison between, uh, Chuck D and Jay-Z, right? Oh my so, God. I knew you'd have a cool analogy. Right. For this. So you got Chuck D <laughs> public enemies, MC, right? he's now, uh, uh, MC of, uh, rage, uh, profits of rage, right? So phenomenal MC, very pivotal, very impactful MC for, for now and for his time back in the eighties and nineties. Um, he's written some of the most impactful songs. He wrote everything down. He does not flow. He does not spit off the top of his head. He is a writer. He writes down his flows. He memorizes them. He articulates them. He f- changes them and he, he perfects them. Then you got somebody like Jay-Z, who is a phenomenal MC. He's very, he's very successful in what he does. Um, multiple platinum albums, probably more successful in monetary value than Public Enemy's Chuck D, maybe not as impactful as like the political side, right? But Jay-Z, everything off the top of his head, doesn't write shit down, right? He is all off the top of his head, just flowing, right? So who's better, who's worse? Nobody, right? They each have their own strength. They each have their own reason. They do what they do, right? So you writing your flow down, memorizing that flow, there's nothing wrong with that but be able to make some changes if you need to, right? So if you have this really intense flow that's all about hip openers, and then the first four people that come into your class have never done yoga before or might have a hip injury, what are you going to do? Are you going to make them suffer or can you alter your flow to make something that's more accessible to that's everybody? That's a master right there. Right? So, but you get that knowledge by checking people in. That's yep. that first step. Yes. You check people, you make that connection. How are you? What's going on with you? Yep. Right? And then, yeah, you can kind of build from there. Oh, I feel like that's the best advice for all of our early career teachers, but it's also good advice for students. If you don't walk into a studio and feel seen, not checked in, not, you know, just acknowledged that you're in the room or that you've signed the waiver or mm-hmm. that your membership is current, but like, I don't know that it's something to trust. You know, I, I love ninja-ing in two places. Yeah. And... It's amazing to me how very few folks really look you in the eye and be like, okay, now, have you done yoga before? Mm. You know? And, okay, maybe it's a safe bet because I got the gear. Like, I remember (laughs) sometimes making those assessments behind the desk. Like, 
her stuff was so good. Why was she so out of it? Like, what was her roommate like a yogi or something? What What's happening? Did you swing by a garage sale? No, but just, and then after class, getting the, wow, you really know what's up. Mm-hmm. You know, how'd it go for you? Like, yeah. you know, it was awesome, but I would have loved if we'd had some sort of like, hey, welcome to our place. Mm-hmm. What do you like to do? Totally. Yeah. And you get that done fast. You know, I know that I can put a little pressure sometimes on early career teachers with like, well, what am I supposed to just interrogate everybody as they walk in? I'm like, no, but watch Adam. I tell them to sit in your lobby. And hang out oh, right on. because it's like within three sentences, three words, three syllables. You see the car parked in and then you see, I I got it. I see it. You're like, uh-huh. Yeah. What are we at? Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yep. It's pretty cool because then you really get to meet people where they're at. Definitely. So in this whole concept of serving people, seeing their suffering, meeting them where they are, and remembering the big picture about we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. What keeps you going? Like, if you ever have a bumpy day. Oof. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's showing up, I think, is, is a big thing with that. Um, you know, for me personally, I've I've hidden a lot of my life. And uh, in the past, probably almost, I wouldn't say 10 years, but close to, I've started to unpack a lot of stuff. And, uh, and showing up is one of those biggest things for me. And no matter how crappy I feel... Um, if my energy levels are off, moons affect me in weird ways, you know, stuff well, like that. Well, you're a cancer but, crab, um, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's, I always feel better when I show up and when I start to have conversations and when I start to connect with people. As yeah. much as I want to walled in my way away and just hide in the woods of Alaska and nowhere, no man's land, and just whittle wood and read books, right? What good is that going to do? So showing up, being a part of a community forcing myself in my own way to get out of my introverted box and be extroverted. Um, it all, it 99% of the time it works and it makes me feel better. Isn't and it, it just, just re- light you up? It does. And it reminds me, it's like, God, ah, stop fighting yourself. You know what, you know what helps you as much as you yep. want to fight it. You yep. know what helps you get yep. out there and do something, man. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, one thing that I just am celebrating about you all the time, you know, whether I see you talk to you or I don't, or I'm talking about you, it's that you do show up. People can hang their hat on you. They can count on you. And maybe you're a walking, talking example of you don't got to feel good good to do good. Yeah, right. Yeah. And 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 sometimes I feel like students put us a little bit on a pedestal like we never shed a tear, we're never in mm. pain, we're never unhappy and we we you know we have it all figured out. Well, we may come off like that cuz we're just so damn happy to see you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually it's funny I was just talking about somebody about that the other day. It's like, you know, we it in most of us without even wanting it right? We get put on some kind of pedestal, we get put on some kind of thing. And it's for whatever reason, like we don't know, but you know, and it's, so I think that's one of the more important reasons why it's, it's really imperative for us to be a part of that community, to dispel those myths, to let people know that, you know, we're all just normal people. Like we're all going through our shit, whether you're a movie star or whether you're living on the streets, you probably have some kind of pain and suffering you're going through in some kind of way. Right. And we can all, the more we talk to one another and share and community, um, it'll help strengthen that that understanding that we're not alone. Yes. Right? As hard as it is and as much as we are unique to the individuality of what we're going through, um, there's probably some similarities out there that we can draw off of that will really help. We don't have to go through this shit alone. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is the best hope for humanity. I mean, I really mean it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if we do our jobs right – 
people are going to feel very comfortable coming in, putting down a mat, and just playing along. Right. Like, they don't got to feel like they belong. They don't have to feel like they know what they're doing. Because mm-hmm. we can make it work for everybody. Definitely. Definitely. And and I, I love that moment. You see it when people come in, they're a little bit skeptical, a little bit like, well, I don't know why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to meet them where they are. Totally. Yeah. And, the, and what are the themes of people who stick around? That's, you know, that's, and that's the interesting part. You know, we get, we get into this stuff for our own reasons, right? Um, so for me personally, I mentioned it earlier, but you know, I was, I was overweight, I was inflexible and I just wasn't happy in life, right? My girlfriend at the time more or less dragged me to yoga, right? So we get into it for whatever reasons, right? And you could be vain in the beginning. It could be, you know, just, I want to look better. I want to whatever, right? Um, take the mindfulness movement right now, right? So if, if somebody came up to you and said, Hey, Danielle, if you sit down for 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes in silence, eventually you'll have a superpower. Very enticing, right? All I got to do is sit still for 10 minutes a day and then maybe I can levitate or read people's minds or find some kind of mental clarity or whatever it is that, right, that gets us into mindfulness, yoga, whatever it is, right? But through that path, uh, like for yoga, for example, for me, through this path, the understanding of my own body and how my mind works within my body and how I talk to myself and then how I feel about religion and how I don't feel about religion. And now I have spirituality and that's not religion. I thought those were the same. Holy crap. Now I'm playing with crystals and playing with, you know, all this thing in life that I would, to be honest, have, you know, probably mocked back in my earlier days is now the biggest focal point in understanding that I've ever had in life and never thought that I would be this person, right? And so, you know, whatever you get there for, you know, whatever brings you there, you know, but if you follow the path and you really have an understanding, and it doesn't just have to be yoga or spirituality, it's just an understanding of whatever you're passionate about, you know, that stuff starts to unpack itself and then you understand a little bit more about you and how that resonates with you and how all of those knowledgeable things that you've amassed over your life fit together in some weird kind of clumpy way to help you self-actualize. Yep. Right? Yep. 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 Weird yep. shit. It is. And it makes me happy to think about when she did bring you to class. And there was never <laughs> anything other than just the fun of cheering you on. You know? And I just, I want people to know that because this could be you. You don't got to buy into it. Just mm-hmm. get in the door. No one's going to make you look stupid. No one's going to make you feel self-conscious. No one is out to make you feel any more ridiculous than you already feel. That's yeah. everybody. That's all of us. Totally. And to be honest, it's 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 completely the opposite. Like the, everything you just said went through my head before my first class, right? I don't know the vernacular. I don't know the poses. I don't look like an idiot. I don't even know if I'm wearing the right stuff. Hell, I wore an MMA jersey to my first yoga class, right? I wore an angry MMA jersey to a peaceful yoga class, right? So all these things go through our heads and and we're so concerned about what everybody else thinks. But for you, for example, you made this experience so enlightening and enjoyful and and welcoming for me and for people like myself that I couldn't not come back, mm-hmm. right? And so like you might say that I'm, I'm, you know, very hospitable and things. I learned it from people like yourself, right? Like you, Ashley Bay, you know, those folks that really were impactful in my early yoga career, Zach and Timory and all these people that knew me, knew my practice, were, you know, were happy to help me learn, stuck around after class like Tang. I had to make him stop talking to me after <laughs> I asked him a question because he would sit there for hours if I let him, right? But, you know, so having role models like that, it's... It, Oh, man, I'm just I'm happy to even be considered 
half of the person that you guys consider me to be because I've learned it all from y'all. That's a good, fun feeling, that whole chain. Yeah. And that that's exciting. I'm so happy that we can talk about this. It's really cool to think that you guys, you could be the next person making that kind of difference in people's lives simply by doing what you do best, which is you mm-hmm. just show up. Definitely. Happy to be there. Yeah, there's just something so magical about it. I, just, I want it for everybody. I especially want it for this zip code. Right. This kind of traffic, this kind of economy, these kinds of pressures. And what I'm celebrating about your community and what you've built and what you do every day is that it is that that place people can come in and it feels like cheers, even though you don't know the secret handshake yet or, right. <laughs> or whatever you think, you know, the barriers are. And you can get a sense of what it's like to to care about somebody other than yourself, too. That whole memo about the size of your suffering is the size of your ego. That whole feeling of being self-conscious and not knowing what you do because you think you're the center of the world. You right. think it's coming down to what you're coming off like, what you look like, what you can do. Nobody cares. Everyone's just worried about their hair. Right. You know, <laughs> it's, just, it's just, it's not that big of a deal. And to be able to laugh at yourself a little bit along the way is something beautiful that we can offer. Mm-hmm. If there's one thing that we as teachers can do to keep improving, to keep this spirit of service going, is there something common that you've observed as a manager that teachers in general could learn from and know about? Like everybody kind of wants a glance behind the scenes right. from a pro like you about, well, how can I show up even more? What do I need to know? How can I do it better? Do you do you have a couple thoughts? I mean, you're not calling anybody out, yeah, but like, is yeah. there some themes now that you've been at this this long? Um, I think, um, you know, one of the things that I hear a lot of teachers, career teachers say is that, um, you know, the more they, they teach, the less they practice. And it seems, um, you know, that's a very common thread and, you know, to really be relevant and, um, you know, impactful in your practice, um, you know, I think it's really important to take class too, you know, whether it's one class a week, five, whatever it is, whatever your parameters are, but, you know, try to maintain your own personal practice. And I think that was something I struggled with in the beginning was, uh, finding that balance. So whatever that balance is for you, but I think, you know, definitely having a personal practice of some sort and just getting out in the community because then the community sees you, uh, a good friend of ours, David has this, uh, uh rule that he doesn't te- teach where he takes and doesn't take where he teaches. So he can be a student when he wants to be a student and he can be a teacher when he wants to be a teacher. Um, and I think that's super important as well. Like, so whatever that, that guideline is for you to find your personal practice, just don't let that, uh, go by the wayside. Yeah. Um, but, um, and you know, it's, it, but that goes along with that continued education, right. And it doesn't have to be the yoga Alliance certified, whatever, but you, you find your way to you know, continue your own education. I really love taking yoga in different cities. Every time I go to a different city, I'll take a class, uh, whether it's a country or city, whatever it is. And, and just see how different the yoga is and not bad, not good, whatever. It's just different, right? It wakes you up. Yeah, totally. I mean, I remember I, uh, when I was working at Red Hook, I, I was uh, commuting down to Portland every uh, week to work down there. And I found a really cool yoga studio down in Portland. And this guy that I kind of attached myself to for a while, he was doing Tai Chi in his yoga classes, nice. right? So he incorporated this really kind of fluidity in his nice. Tai Chi and his crescent lunges and pushing nice. and pulling and stuff. And like, dude, good for you, man. Nobody's, I've never seen that before. And not to say I would teach that, but man, that is a great idea. And just, you know, melding of styles and he made it his own and it was safe and it was beautiful. And so, yeah, 
getting out there and just seeing what else is out there. Totally. And you you have so many epiphanies. You make so many connections about your craft when you are a student. Mm. And and I'm so grateful that you brought that up because honestly, at the end of the day, that's the only thing that matters. Are you walking into a facility as a student regularly? It doesn't have to be the same place, but but absolutely. I, I loved that that quote that Katie said. I put it in my book that she says, I teach for myself, but I take class for my students. Like, yeah. that's my job. Yeah, totally. So what's your secret? I mean, do you end up practicing other places than where you are most of your day? I, uh, so primarily right now, I practice at B1 just because it's right there. You know, yeah. I'm there all the time. But um, but I, uh, so Elena and I, uh, the owner of B1, uh, have been talking about um, working into our uh, curriculum, going to a different yoga studio, which we, you know, we were, uh, were trying to do when we were with Open Up. And so just try to go, whether it's weekly or monthly, but just have a different studio to go to, to be a student right in a different facility and not to critique it but to understand it right so you know what does their retail program look like how is it impactful to their students where is their community what amenities you know Uh love that class the flow was fantastic you know just to get out there and be a student again in somewhere else's you know somebody else's place uh when when i was in restaurants we would um uh encourage our managers to go out every month and try a different restaurant and we give them a budget for it right you know so here's a hundred bucks a month go out and try somebody else right see what they do how is their service how is their food you know what's their presentation look like um and it's not to steal it but it's you know it's look at it as a guest again and not to go in there and just be blind to all the crap that you look at every single day exactly because your bias is when your mind is closing and you don't get to open it back up until you have some other experience well cool well gosh i'm excited to just you know kind of finish things by asking you what's the single most important thing that you can help people understand about just this big picture about walking the talk like you do doing the work like you do showing up like you do like what's in your heart that you just want the most people to understand just about what you stand for I think it's really figuring out what you stand for and being okay with that. You know, I mean, for the, I mean, for the majority of us, uh, with small percentage exception, you know, we're all just trying to do things for our own personal happiness. And that's not a bad thing, right? Because um, that's all we know is our own personal happiness. Like I can understand, I can kind of fathom what yours is by what you tell me, but there's probably some underlying things that either good or bad that I don't know about, I can't see, right? So only you know what's really going to fill your bucket and make you happy. And uh, so finding that and, and being okay with that, right? Um, at the root of all of our happiness, there's good, right? Uh, there might be a little ignorance, but there's still good, right? And so, um, you know, just finding what that happiness is for you and then finding how to inform yourself better about the other side of that. There you go. Right? Not just focusing on, on the good things, but how is, a, you know, that confirmation bias on the other side of that right. book, you know? So, um, but I think, you know, it can all come at whatever pace. There's no time frame with it. But I think just having a little understanding and consciousness about what, why you're doing what you're doing um, will help you lead to the bigger thing of that whole encompassing of maybe why I am here to do whatever it is I'm here to do. There you go. There you go, your dharma. Yeah. So at this point, I just I really want to thank everybody for listening. And um, hopefully they've gotten a chance to little, you know, learn a little bit more about you. And hopefully 
people are going to jump into B1 if maybe they haven't been in a while or maybe just like jump in next time that they show up and be able to say, hey, Adam, you know, thanks. I, I, I learned a little bit more about yourself. Again, I celebrate the entire history of the B1 community. And I've been a super fan of this entire structure ever since you guys got started. But I think that they really nailed it all together when they brought you behind the desk, Adam. And you just you do a great job and you're an amazing beacon of light and hope for so many people. And whether you know it or not, you know, you're making a tremendous difference every single day. And so thank you for all the good work you did helping me get open up into a real actual company. And thank you for helping me mentor all of our favorite early career teachers all of our favorite early career yoga studio owners that got their start because of your good work. And I'm excited for the next crop of people ready to raise their hand and say, you know what, I, I think I'm in. You know, what What do they need to know about like if they're ready? Like what would you say to somebody? If you, if you are even asking that question, you're ready. You get in there and do there it. There you right? go. We're so excited to have you guys in there uh, for the fall. And uh, our community is already like just when is it? What's going on? How can we sign up? Up, you know what's going on with that so i think we're going to have a really strong group of people that have been culturing this community in their mm-hmm. own way um and now taking that step to become the next generation of teachers in our community so cool, and it's just it? it's so much fun to watch that that oh, excitement it's so exciting and i i'm just excited to share that journey with you some more adam you yeah. know i'm just i'm really pumped and and yeah folks you know um if you're already asking that question, then you're already ready. You know, all you got to do is say yes. And yep. we've seen it. Mm-hmm. Adam and I have seen it across hundreds of people across all these years mm-hmm. that just by saying yes to this and showing up and being you know, there with your cup empty, ready to receive, it all changes, Definitely. you know, and we couldn't be more grateful for this work. And um, I know this is the, the best thing that... I've been ever able to do with my life. And it's the only thing I want to do. And and I'm just as grateful as I could be that we got a chance to sit down together. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. And everybody, um, yeah, visit the website, openupyogatt.com for more information. Thanks for listening to the podcast. The book is available as an e-book. Um, what are we calling it? Um, Teaching Yoga, the Side Hustle to Save the World. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Have an awesome rest of your day and get on your mat in a new place, a different place, but as soon as you possibly can, right? Heck yeah. Get out there and do some yoga. All right. Namaste. Namaste. (laughs) Yay.